Hey, everybody. Welcome to No One Told Me. My name is Callie, and every week, we want to come alongside you to prepare you for the things no one prepared you for. We believe hindsight is everything, and over the past two weeks, that has proven more true than ever, as we've tackled some tricky topics for a lot of people, especially anyone who grew up in the South. Sex and the decision to wait or not to wait is a big topic in and of itself, and What about all the questions, though, that go unanswered around intimacy and the actual act of coming together? After my first wedding shower, a friend who had gotten married the year before, she pulled me aside and she had this basket of all the things I didn't know I would need for my wedding night. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I wanted to melt into the floor because a lot of that stuff, I I didn't even know what to do with it. Description alone in the title was enough to make me want to crawl under a chair. But... I think that that conversation started a bigger dialogue about figuring out what in the world was going to happen on our honeymoon. We were able to have that conversation leading up to a night that has so much pressure. And after our conversation about purity culture last week, I realized how many of you find or found yourselves in the same scenario. And actually, you were really anxious about it all. You're not alone. That's how most of us feel. So I pushed in and I started asking everyone who reached out, is there anything you wish we would have talked more about in last Monday's episode? And then we went over to at NOTM podcast and I asked the same question, where are the gaps in what you know, in what you knew? So many questions and thoughts came in. We knew this topic wasn't over. So we wanted to continue talking around this thing that no one talks about. We're answering your questions today. My friend Brooke, who cannot be embarrassed, it's impossible. She sat down with me and we worked through these questions. The original plan was to have our husbands be a part of it, but half the questions were better handled by us. So that's part one that you're going to hear today. But then part two, when we brought the guys in, that will air next Monday. It's the male perspective on many of your questions. So let this be a disclaimer. If you're a woman, you will relate to a whole lot more in this episode than a man will. If you are a man, this is probably going to make you a little uncomfortable. So you can go ahead and just hit stop and say, hey, I'll come around next week. That's okay. You can't say we didn't warn you. But this is our attempt. All we're trying to do here, it's our attempt at taking a biblical, honest, truthful approach to one of the biggest no one told me moments in life. This has been coming for a long while, for years, but the best way to do it is to just go straight to the source and ask the listeners. It was going to be Brooke and I and our husbands, and then we started reading the questions, and we realized the boys need to wait a second because- They're here, though. They're here. They're going to hear the conversation, but they weren't very excited to be a part of this, this point of it. I think they're just interested in how we navigate some of these answers. I think they're, they're nervous and don't want to be a part of anything that could be an embarrassment, but it won't. This is informative. And so here's the preface. And we got to get rid of the stigma. It's not embarrassing. This is beautiful. That these conversations have to happen. And we know that we've gotten really passionate about having these conversations with the people in our lives who are about to walk into this next stage of life, marriage, engagement, marriage, and starting their life with somebody. There is so much. I mean, it's the epitome of this podcast that no one tells you about. Why is that like... There's a veil over it. It's covered, covered, covered. Now you can see it. You're clueless about what's behind it. But here you can see it now. It's great. It's just embarrassing. Is it? I I don't feel that way. 
I guess I do. But it honestly, it's like the uh, podcast where we talked about this purity culture and everything that you're not told because of the shame and the guilt and everything else. And I think we were raised under that. True. And so now it's like, well, how do we have these conversations? I was raised that way, but I don't feel that way now. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what we talked about. You're about to have to have the conversation with Charlie. You know, I mean, she's what, 10, 11? I mean, we've had, we've already had a conversation. And it's already starting. And And your openness is why she's not going to feel the way we feel or the way I feel at this point. And it wasn't for like, I mean, my mom was even laughing about it after she listened to the purity one. She's like, you don't miss a detail of when I had this conversation (laughs) with you. And I was like, no, because it was so much build up. And then it's like the one and only time we ever talked about it. There were so many gaps. And Carol probably remembers every detail too, because that was a nerve wracking moment. Yes. So here's what we're going to do. We are going to answer your questions with all the biblical truth that we know. We are not going to do it with any shame. We're not going to do it with any guilt. We want you to, at the end of this, feel like you can have these conversations, feel like you are informed and prepared for a new stage of your life. Now, there's going to be things. It's kind of like going into motherhood. There are some things that we can't tell you about because it's different for everybody. Mm -hmm. So your experience might be different, but we can share our experiences. Yeah. And I think it's funny because both you and I had a similar upbringing and then took different paths. And then so we landed on different sides of the issue when it comes to sex pre and post marriage. Mm -hmm. So we should tackle it. And so did so many people who are listening. And this is why I was I knew you had to be the one. Also, I don't know anyone else that I could like sit across from and talk about this without (laughs) like feeling a little silly about it. I may be the only person on the planet that never, ever gets embarrassed about anything. So let's go. Okay. (laughs) First question. What's the biggest myth that you believed about sex before you did it? So in the church, you don't have sex before you're married, right? It's going to be this great moment when you've saved yourself on your wedding night. There's going to be fireworks. But sex your first time is nothing like that. It's painful. It is awkward. It is logistically difficult. Logistically very difficult. And especially if neither one of you have ever had experience, you might as well just like I don't know. You you need to Google some things before you show up there. There's so many myths because of the entertainment industry, because of the movies you watch, the books you read, anything you listen to, nine times out of 10, if it's around sex, if there's some sort of scene that has any sort of encounter in it, any sort of intimacy in it, it paints this picture that you all are on the same rhythms, that you all feel the same things at the same times, that, you know, after you're just going to snuggle and go to sleep, and yeah. it's this beautiful picture, and none of that. No, no, none, none of, that. of that is, I mean, maybe for a small percentage that happens, but... Not for your first time. There's not literally for the first no time. One, there's literally no one that experiences that. So when you see a movie that makes it look like there's this climax and it's beautiful, that's not true. No. Not and, true. And I will say, those myths are fed into by pop culture, right? right? Even songs you listen to, right? That is what you're led to believe. But I just the reality of it. And the biggest myth is that when you have sex, it's going to be an incredible experience the first time, it will be incredible for other reasons. It won't physically, right? That's the, right. It is it, be as yes, incredible exactly. as you think it will be. So that was the biggest myth. Okay, how about this one? How much conversation needs to happen around sex prior to the wedding night? I mean, I think when you know that this is the person, I mean, obviously I wouldn't go on my first or second date and be having these conversations unless they're really open and honest about it. But I think once you realize that this is potentially long-term, you, you lay it out there. I mean, especially if you're a believer, hopefully your stance is already really, really clear and you've made that clear, but going ahead and verbally speaking that and laying the foundation of this is my line, this is my boundary, this is my belief 
I would have it as soon as possible. Well, and I think it also in any relationship, and we touched on this a little bit in last week's episode, expectations are such a huge part of any healthy relationship, communicating what they are and then talking through them of, Hey, these are fair expectations and these are unfair. Even the unspoken expectations that just live out there, the the longer that you don't voice them or put words to them and, and speak them out, the more disappointment you're probably going to experience. And honestly, whether you're a believer and you've got this really strong conviction to wait until marriage or not, even if you've spoken that, you're going to be, there's going to be so much temptation. There's going to be so many opportunities for you to cross a line that you never intended to cross. Speaking that and making that a truth right up front, you can hold each other accountable and you're going to need all the accountability, especially in today's world where sex is glorified pre-marriage. It's like trying on an outfit. You want to make sure it fits before you buy it, right? I've heard so many people use that analogy. You got to kick the tires. Yeah. (laughs) I'll kick your tire. (laughs) Why's that funny? (laughs) But so it's creating those boundaries first. But then when you actually are engaged and you know the wedding night is coming and the pressure is building, the expectations are building. I would say one of the best things we did was have a conversation about it. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what this is going to be like. I've had conversations with my friends because I was lucky enough to have friends ahead of me who had gotten married. And they said, here is what is going to happen. And then I told Ryan, I think we were driving in the car one day and I was like, hey, here's what my friends are saying. What are you? I mean, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. And so we both went in knowing you're both, you got to figure it out. We're together. clueless. Right. It's going to be okay, but it might not happen the way we think it's going to happen. Oh man. I think so many people are jealous that you guys had the, the candor to go ahead and broach some of that awkwardness because so many people want to fake that they know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Maybe they've seen enough that they feel confident up until the moments before. And I promise you, everybody's starting to sweat a little bit. You, everybody <laughs> is sweating. You're sweating from the actual like wedding and the reception. And then you're sweating because you're putting on pieces of clothing you've never put on before. Speaking of... You get to the hotel after your wedding night. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> For us? That was, it was really, really funny. Question. <laughs> Mark's really excited back here. He's, I think he a, might want to tell this story. A, is, let me, let's just make, this is really funny. My dress had a hundred buttons, literally a hundred buttons. It says little, is it called eyelet? Yeah. Something like that. So we get to our little overnight stay before we go out for our flight the next day. And I'm sitting there in the cabin. I'm like, oh, Mark, you want to help me with these buttons? We were there for maybe 30 minutes. <laughs> it was like six we're hours tired. later. <laughs> still trying to do have you, you still want to do this? That's kind of where we were. You still want to do this? All right. Well, let's go. Should we take a nap? No. What do we, what do we feel like is right? <laughs> well, and I don't know if I've shared this experience before on here. I feel like I have. But so where we got married, they had just built a cabin. And we were the first to get to stay in the cabin. And so we finished the reception and we drive up because we weren't leaving, leaving till the next day for Charleston where our honeymoon was. And so we drive up to the cabin and it's situated and we didn't even know where it was situated because you couldn't see it behind all the trees. And we drive up and park at the cabin and it is literally sharing a driveway with the owner of the property. So is it like a garage with an apartment yes, above it? Yes, it was okay. essentially like just a garage that he built. And his kids are out playing basketball. <laughs> they in the blinds. No and blinds. so then we walk in the cabin. And we set our stuff down and look around. And there are no blinds. There are no curtains. There is nothing <laughs> to shield us There's nothing from there. the like 11-year-old boys playing horse in the driveway. Well... And so we go into the back bedroom and just kind of stand there for a second. Like, well, here, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And so do we wait for the veil of darkness? What do we do here? <laughs> what do we do? And so we, I think, I don't know what blankets over the windows. I can't remember exactly what we did. Something to, to shut the windows, but it was in the back room. So it was okay. And so I'm like, I've got to take a shower. A piece of advice someone had told me, like, go take a shower. When you first get in there, just get your dress off. Go take a shower, clean up, just feel better than when you just finished the reception. And so I go and take a shower and get, you know, get the dress off, take a shower. And, you know, everyone, you go to all these showers, wedding showers, and like the bachelorette party or whatever, and everyone's giving you lingerie. lingerie. Everyone is. Yeah. And I'm an extremely modest person to the 1000th degree modest person, like in middle school and high school, <laughs> when I was in gym class, I was the one who went to the, the bathroom stall to change my clothes, <laughs> because I did not want to change in front of people. Yeah. And so I'm like looking at I had like picked which piece of lingerie I wanted to wear the first night I had even wrapped each piece of lingerie so and that you Ryan, probably up to that point thought I can't wait to wear this. I can't wait to wear this stuff so I wrapped it like picked it out for him <laughs> and like made it into gifts or whatever that he'd be able to open throughout the week Ryan so, wants you to do this now he's like why do you not do this now he's making notes <laughs> he said amen <laughs> he said amen um, yeah, so I went and picked this piece of lingerie out and put it on and I'm sitting there in the bathroom for a second like I've never been this vulnerable in, in front of life. anyone ever. And I'm thinking, how do you, how does one just walk out there? Like, <laughs> like sashay? Do I, I sashay out? Do I just, do I do a big do, reveal? Do I pose? Do I tell him to close his eyes? Like, surprise! <laughs> Like, what, what am I doing here? That is so, a very vulnerable. I think moment. I just swung the door open and was like, uh, all right. <laughs> here, here I am. I don't know what to do. It was just. <laughs> just Ryan liked it though. Whatever you did worked. He liked it. He wants you to do it some more. And so I just walked out there and, you know, it was the first time for both Ryan and I. And I will tell you that. We have never laughed so hard, not because it was awkward or uncomfortable, but because we did not know what we were doing. <laughs> it was just, it was just so funny. We yeah. laughed so hard. And you know what? It didn't work out the way you think it would work out. Yeah. Like it just didn't happen that first night. And a lot of people had prepared me for that. And they were like, you're not, it's not going to go the way you think it is. And like, you're, but you're lucky that you had somebody that would say that to you. Mm-hmm. How many of our friends or people that we grew up with in biblical purity culture who did true love weights, the silver ring thing, all those things walk into it and expect pieces to fit together that have never fit together mm-hmm. and for everything to be smooth. And it, I'm telling you, there mm-hmm. are people that walk away with PTSD from yes. trauma. Yes. I'm, and I'm not kidding. I'm yep. like, maybe men don't realize that, but there are so many women walking among us, especially newlyweds that have grown up in biblical culture that are like, this is not at all what I anticipated. I mean, listen, we gave it our best shot. And then Ryan was severely dehydrated. He ended up passing out. And so he was done. <laughs> And luckily, someone had saved me wedding cake, and I just sat there and ate cake by myself because there was no TV. There was nothing what in that were you cabin thinking yet. As you ate cake, it was. Listen, I love cake. Yeah. So for me, like that's all it took for me to be like, this was a great day. Like, yeah, I married my best friend, but also I have cake by myself. Like, and in I can eat as much <laughs> sitting in my lingerie eating no my ones. cake. <laughs> waving at the 11 year olds asking if they want to bite. I mean, it was, I will say the next day we didn't think through like the next day leaving. And so we still had all of our wedding attire. And so I still had my dress and I was like, I don't really want to take my dress to 
Charleston. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, I'll just drop it at the house. I clearly didn't think this plan through. And I pulled up in the driveway and like called my mom. And my mom was so she knew what you did. She was so yeah, I could see it in her eyes. Like I didn't want her <laughs> to look at me. <laughs> Don't look. <laughs> I'm still your daughter. I promise. <laughs> and then we drove to uh, Charleston. But that, I mean, that answers multiple questions about the wedding night that I think many don't realize and no one tells you that so many don't actually have sex on their wedding night. And someone sent in, they said, I struggle imagining going from zero to 100 in one night with someone. So how do you navigate that? And we do not prepare people for that piece at all. You know what? I would say, I don't even know if I verbalized it tomorrow. I would say... Up until year two of our marriage, it almost felt like even talking about sex or thinking that I was having sex, I felt a little dirty. Mm -hmm. Isn't that crazy Mm -hmm. that I was a married woman and I had a baby? I still thought of sex, even to mention it to someone who, I don't know, that's a role model to me. I shouldn't mention that or I shouldn't Mm -hmm. ask about that because that's kind of dirty or Mm -hmm. that's kind of secretive or private. What a shameful way to live when that was not there, there was should be well, no shame I feel like you that. can't talk about it right. with your spouse like I remember feeling I, I like apologizing to Ryan be like I'm, I'm sorry I'm so sorry or whatever and luckily he and I had already had so many conversations about it that I mean it was like he was like why are you there's nothing to be sorry for because we had already had conversations about it but yeah. there are moments that I still feel shame and guilt to bring up any conversations around sex mm-hmm. that all that does is create barriers between he and I. That just creates barriers to intimacy when I am embarrassed to talk about it or think that he'll be upset or think whatever. If I don't normalize having those conversations early on and be, even if it's uncomfortable at first, yeah. even if the first couple times make you squirm a little bit, the faster you can normalize those conversations with someone that you are already engaged to be married to. If you're not engaged, if you're that, not you know, those, like those on that road, you do not to need to be having those conversations, right. like, period, with the people of the opposite sex. And so I think you just have to normalize it. So then when you go from zero to 100 in one night with someone, it's not weird to say, hey, this isn't working out. This hurts or this, you know, like... If you don't ha- have not already normalized it, you're going to stay silent. And that's when things can be damaging. I think less, uh, you're talking more physical, zero to 100. I'm thinking more mental, zero. This mm. is bad. This is bad. This is bad. Okay, now sure. it's good. This is bad. This is bad. Now it's good. We have to change the way we talk about it mm-hmm. so that it's not bad. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, now it's time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, and it's like we talked about last week. It's the why of waiting. It's because it's a beautiful thing that was created to be beautiful within marriage. That's what brings it beauty is when you take that time to wait, not because you're afraid that you'll get in trouble, afraid of consequences or afraid of guilt, shame or whatever. No, you choose to wait because you know that God created this perfect thing to happen and you want to experience it. Yeah. But that's the hardest thing to explain. I think about as a mom now, how in the world do you explain that? Ooh. It still intimidates me. Yeah. And it's like she said last week, it's a million little conversations. At my oldest daughter's eight-year-old checkup, they told us to start broaching the subject of sex. And I was like baffled. You don't talk about sex to an eight-year-old who still believes in Santa Claus? Like, that that doesn't make sense to me, right? But she was like, well, you know what? It's not the same world that you live in. She has access to friends with phones. You know, they're just, their exposure level is so much higher. So you just need to be on the front end of being able to talk about that with her. So I have, I talk about changing bodies. I talk about 
how boys change. I talk about how that, that works together. And I'll just l- drop little snippets, mm-hmm. just enough that she doesn't get weirded out and just enough that she knows that I'm game for any questions that she has. Now, I don't have this all figured out, and I'm, I know we've got a lot more tough questions com- coming down the pipeline, but she knows that she can come to me for any of those questions and it never be weird. Mm-hmm. I didn't have mm-hmm. anybody like that for me. And then that even, I mean, it, it goes back even more so to normalizing the conversation. I mean, whether it's with your spouse or with your kids, saying it's okay to talk about it. Yeah. It's okay to ask me questions. It's okay to have questions. Well, you could normal. be like six, a sixth grade Brooke. We were in the car randomly and I was like, mom, do you and dad still do it? Oh my God. <laughs> she was like, I'm... she looked back in the back seat. I didn't know what I was asking. She looked in the back seat. And she's like, stop talking about that. <laughs> Vicki, I need to know. I want to know what you're doing when you lock the door <laughs> when I'm knocking on it and you're not answering do what's you going or do on. You in not? <laughs> Let's yes get or no straight question. to it, Vicky. <laughs> to this day, I remember her looking back like, did she just ask me that? <laughs> okay. Here's another question. Is it expected to have sex every night on your honeymoon? Yeah, I mean, what's expected is whatever expectations you set. Yeah, like, like if you like it, go for it. If you're comfortable, go for it. Someone did ask, how do you have the conversation with your kid to wait? When you didn't, how do you talk to them about that? Mark and I have actually mentioned that a couple of times. How do we say, y'all, you, it's God's best for you to wait. He's got a plan. You got to trust it. It's, it's meant to be using that capacity, but I didn't. And they know that Charlie's already doing the math. She's too smart. So I, I'm just going to talk about how God redeems. Like we can, we can mm-hmm. make bad decision after bad decision. But when we we trust Jesus, He can redeem all that stuff, and He gave us Charlie, and He put us on a life path that we wouldn't have been on otherwise. And I'm I'm thankful for God's sovereignty, and for His plan for our lives. And that's gonna be really really hard to communicate to Charlie. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness she's bright; she'll she'll get it pretty quickly. But mm-hmm. I wish we would have waited. My goodness, mm-hmm. I wish we would have. And to be able to put that into words for Charlie one day, that's gonna be well, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. I think I'll it's like out with, the words. with every parenting hill you have to climb. You're just hoping that God's gonna meet you in it, yeah. and He's going to give you the give discernment the words, and the wisdom. Lord and the words to walk through it and that your kid's heart's at a place that they can hear it and they can hear the best of it and not take away the worst. I'm you know? 1000% transparent, probably to a fault with that is, pretty much everybody I know. Yes. I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel. And I think Charlie, well, all my kids, they receive that well. Cause they know if I'm saying it, I really do mean it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean it 1000%. So when I say it, I'm not just saying it because this we're in the Bible Belt and we go to a church and this is what they believe. So this is what we need to do. No, it's because I've been on this side of it and mm-hmm. it is it is meant for more mm-hmm. than cheapening the experience mm-hmm. by doing it in your own time. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I think I would love to be a fly on the wall for it. Come but on. I think you you'll nail there. that conversation. I'll record it for you. I think you'll nail it. I really do. So, okay. So expected to have sex every night on your honeymoon. Honestly, it goes back to having the conversation before. What are the expectations? I will say it comes with a lot of pressure too. It's like I tell people in fitness, nobody's business, nobody's bodies are the same. Mm-mm. It's never going to work out the same. Mm-hmm. For some, you can get it and go. And if you enjoy it, have at it. For some, you may not be able to do it the entire honeymoon. Mm-hmm. So it took a couple days because we just had to figure, like we literally had to figure it out. (laughs) Okay. Here's another question. This is the last one for just me and you. What's the difference between intimacy and sex? I will say there is a stronger intimacy when Mark has loved on me through the day when he is, I've watched him be a, such a great dad and Mm -hmm. And when there's he's that buildup, you know, when he's done the thing, when he's taking the trash out, guys, hand, 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 hand. I'm hands. telling you, it there's is a build very up. effective. You know what I mean? There's a buildup because emotionally, women's heads are connected more so than the men, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The men, they're just thinking mostly about sex. I'm speaking out of turn. I don't know. I'm pretty sure that's all Mark thinks about, but 
it's more of a physical experience. So to marry those two things is probably very different Ryan's for both men and women. laughing so hard right now. <laughs> He's so uncomfortable. He squirms. He squirms. And I love it. I will say there is a big difference, I think. Not a big difference. There is a difference in intimacy and sex in the sense of intimacy. We can still be intimate and not be having sex. When I'm sure. telling him what's scaring me the most, what is, you know, the He's hardest part with. about my day, the weight, the burdens that I'm carrying, that is intimacy. And even just, you know, there's a Brad Paisley song. Oh and gosh, he says, you're going to Brad Paisley? <laughs> I, know it. I think about it all the time now that we're married. When he says, when you say a back rub means only a back rub. <laughs> and you, you smack my hand when you when I try. <laughs> It's that's true. A sign. That's it a is, sign. It's true. Sometimes I really just want you to rub my feet and that's intimate and it stops there. Like that's all I no, want. No, it never stops you. there. You <laughs> want it to stop there. And then you're like, I mean, what are you, where's this going? Where is this going? I've had a so long to day. Me, I think a lot of times, like when you're, when you have that kind of intimacy outside of sex, it's what makes sex an even more intimate experience For sure. is building that up. Oh, well, I said that was the last one. There is one more. What if one person isn't feeling it, but the other person is how do you make sure you aren't just doing something out of obligation well so we have some really awesome friends who do intimate counseling and all these things and she said she gave a piece of advice that she never turns her husband down and I was like I'm sorry but I don't I don't operate that way okay (laughs) some days are really long I don't operate that way is it Monday through Thursday you know what the answer is no. No. I have a Is headache. it the weekend? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Did you vacuum? Um, <laughs> Did you give the kids a bath? All right. If the answer is yes, then I'll, let's go. We used to have a rule. If my head's on the pillow, the window is closed. Yes. If my head is on the pillow, then it's We've done. retracted. We have since back. We've backpedaled. <laughs> all right. So we've we've hit the, the lady version, the important things that you all need to hear from the women. But now I think it might be time to hear from the fellas. I love ending every episode telling you how thankful I am for you, that you would take your time to listen to what we're trying to do here. So if you loved it, or even if you have feedback, I want to hear about it. You can either hop on over to iTunes and leave us a review, or you can just DM me on social media. Usually I'm on Instagram the most. It's at C.E. Holla. And again, I love hearing from you guys. So make sure you either write a review or send me a DM, which always seems a little bit desperate asking for it. But here I am asking anyways. Thanks again for tuning in.